Smartcast. Use your positional power to invite others to respond to you. And if you can't get any responses to that, there is a problem. Then you are, you're perhaps not approachable. It's probably not that you're perfect. Yep. It's pro- it could be that you don't, you're not seen as approachable and the book goes into you, of course. And then what? Hi, and welcome to Deep Leadership. I'm your host, John Rennie. Well, I hope all is well with you today. It is another beautiful day here in North Carolina, and this episode is brought to you by our sponsors, Jeremy Clevenger Fitness and the Sasquatch Flag Company. Both of these sponsors help me bring these shows to you each and every week, so I encourage you to click on their links below and check them out. I have another great show lined up for you today, but before we get started, I just want to remind you to check out the leadership books I've written on either Amazon or my website, johnsrennie.com. This year, I'm offering a new way to purchase all of my books for a discount. I've bundled the books into what I call the Qualified Watchstander series, and you get all three books for 15% off the individual prices. This offer is only available on my website, so check it out if you're looking to step up your leadership game this year. Also, I wanted to remind you that Deep Leadership is ranked as a top 100 management podcast in the U.S., and I wanted to thank each and every one of you for listening in each week and sharing these episodes with your friends. You have helped this podcast grow into a top-performing show, so thank you very much. Well, that is it. Today, we're going to be talking about how we can become better communicators. My guest is Michelle Gladio. She is the author of Communicate with Courage, Taking Risks to Overcome the Four Hidden Challenges. Michelle helps us understand the four obstacles that keep us from being the best communicators we can be. Communication is essential for good leadership, and I know this conversation will help you become an even better communicator. So are you ready to dive in? Let's get started. Welcome to Deep Leadership. Leadership is a people business. That's the philosophy of your podcast host, John Rennie. As a former Cold War submarine officer who spent 20 plus years leading businesses in corporate America before starting his own manufacturing business, he knows that leadership matters. Leadership matters. Are you ready for some real world actionable advice from John as well as his expert guests? I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. The show starts right now. Welcome to the Deep Leadership Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Michelle Gladio. Michelle is the president of the team training, executive coaching, and strategic planning company, Gladio Consulting. She has a teaching experience as a college professor and as a corporate HR and training director. She is the author of Communicate with Courage, Taking Risks to Overcome the Four Hidden Challenges. Now, I'm excited to have her on the show to talk about how we can become better communicators. So, Michelle, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. Your 201st episode. So thank you for all the labor and love you put into this. Thank you. Yeah, 201. We've been doing it for a little bit now. So maybe we're getting good at this. I don't know. It's still, <laughs> we'll keep trying. So uh, uh, one of the things, uh, we'll, you know, we're going to talk about your book, which is exciting. But before we dive into it, I want to just ask you a little bit about your background and uh, how and why you started Gladio Consulting and what do you guys do there? Sure. You know, I was a corporate human resources and training director. I worked in robotics and construction and cold storage and seems like a lot of male-dominated industries. Um, I, you know, I, I enjoyed being one of the only women at the table helping companies make decisions, but I still felt a calling to get to interact with more diverse industries and government and academia and really love working with the military. We've done a lot of training for the Air Force and I'm here in Fort Wayne, Indiana. So we have the 122nd Fighter Wing here. 
And they come back for conflict management training and, and leadership skills training pretty often. So I love the diversity. I, I did enjoy working in HR and training, but wanted to see if I could maybe get more of a national clientele. So what was your, what was the second part to your question? <laughs> well, you, you mentioned it, like what you do there, but uh, how long have you guys been in business now? Full time since 2004. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So I went through graduate school at Purdue University here in my home state of Indiana in West Lafayette and studied organizational psychology and industrial technology. And then realized with a master's degree in hand at age 23, I could start to apply to college teaching positions and did that. That's been a couple decades ago, back to when I was still trying to look older. You know, now I'm trying to look younger. Right. One of those things about life. Actually, I'm really just trying to be happy with who I am at this age and also help other people be happy with who they are as communicators while encouraging them to try on some risk and to use some of what I call pro moves in communication. So to size up risk intelligently and then take your neck out a little more often to do something that is different for you so that you can reap the rewards of improved communication. It feels like a calling. I know it does to you as well. It feels like a vocation. Yeah. Well, that and that's and I'm so glad that you've got now written the book and I've got a copy of it right here. It's uh, Communicate with Courage. That's the book right there, a famous blue cover with the sailboat on it. And I love the analogy of rough seas and a sailboat. That seems that, to be part of my life. You do. You have submarine experience. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, tell us about the inspiration for the book and who was it written for? Who was the target audience when you were writing it? Well, I think that I wrote the book because it's taken me a long time to figure out some of my own weaknesses as a communicator and to see the path forward, that those are absolutely something that can be overcome with work. So it took me a while to learn some of these lessons. and I'd like to save others time. And also offer, I tried to put my heart on every page. So it's research-based, but it's a very personal approach. And the idea is really save folks time and help them have better, more successful, happier lives, which includes things like public speaking sometimes and managing conflict mm. and facing our fears, whatever those might be, so that they don't control us and instead we control them. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to get into that because I see a lot of your fear-based um, actions, you know, in 22 years in corporate, I saw a lot of fear in leaders. And so I want to cover that with you. But um, one of the things I would just, just start off in the book, you, you say that great communication is a full body, full mind, full heart effort. I love that. Can you explain what you mean by that? I think so. Sure. When I'm trying my hardest to get something right, like maybe I'm going to speak at a meeting or ask for a raise or change up a pay structure or encourage someone to go back to college, you name it. Tell someone to treat me differently if they want to, if they want to stay in contact with me. All of those most important conversations in life, I really have to keep my heart involved so that I'm not cut off from my emotion. I have to keep my mind working on my strategy and I have to keep my body aligned with my purpose so that my face isn't saying something different than what my words are conveying. So I find when I'm trying my hardest as a communicator, I'm trying to blend those three things together. And on the days or in the in the moments, I should say, that it goes really well, I'm employing all three. Interesting. And I like what you're saying. You're saying it's 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 in all types of communication, not just public speaking, but it's well, the one-on-ones, the 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 team meetings. So you're saying bring that every time. 
when you're parenting, when you are talking with your significant other, it's uh, it's all a negotiation, isn't it? You know, and and the better we can convey our messages and receive messages, the smoother life goes, and the better our relationships are. Interesting. I think you don't know. I mean, I'm not saying that you don't know, but I'm speaking. I guess I'm speaking from the heart about things I believe in very much, and I just see, as you saw, in corporate America, but also. In personal life, you see folks who have decided not to try for some reason, and I would like to ask them to reconsider Yeah, and read this book to help them. Yeah, and especially, I would say, since we came out of the pandemic, what I'm seeing is people struggle with the normal face-to-face, person-to-person communication. My wife is a kindergarten teacher, and she says she's the kid's the kids have been in, you know, they've been on devices uh, they're most of their, you know, for the last two years. And so they struggle with face-to-face body language, you know, being, you know, having a listening and and being respectful. And it's like we, we've forgotten how to communicate in, in the past two years where we're doing a lot of things online. So I think this book is a very important right now, I think, more than ever. Oh, good, because it took about four and a half years to write it. <laughs> and it's short. That makes it sound long, but it's, uh, you know, I always say it's a short book, but I learned that it's hard, not harder maybe in some ways, or it's very challenging yep. to encapsulate the best advice that you can give at whatever age you are and to keep it, you know, something like yeah. that you can throw in a purse or in a briefcase. Yep. I wanted it to be portable. And, you know, I think it's about, a, comes in about 170 pages or so, 10 chap, 10 short chapters a pro move and an exercise to try at the end of each. I love that. And I, and I would say this, you're more likely to get more eyeballs on it when it's smaller because we we're also busy. And I think it's, I think it's a great move and, uh, and you're right. It's harder to condense a lot of information in a smaller book than to just throw it all out there, everything you know about a subject and then nobody reads it. And then why, why did I do all that work? Right. So it's, it's good to bring it down to where people can, can tackle it. So In the book, you've identified four obstacles that keep us from becoming the best communicators we can be. Can you describe those for us so we get a feel for it? I'd be happy to. And as I have noticed, sometimes I'm falling into two or three of these in any given day. And then I will have one licked and I think, I got that. I figured out why I was doing that and I chose something else to do and I'm doing better and then it might come back around. So I don't think we ever graduate from the School of Communication, but here they are. The first that I've seen through my coaching and teaching experiences, some of us are hiding from risk because we're afraid of exposing where we might not stack up to others. And we're often comparing ourselves to others unnecessarily. So when we're hiding from risk, we need to get clear on our values and then take risk where it aligns with our values, where even if, it, if we fail, we're going to be proud that we took the risk. Yeah. The second hidden challenge I called defining to be right. And I don't know if testing is allowed on this podcast, but that is just being so damn sure about sometimes everything. You know, we all know these people who, you know, just can't tell them anything. And that's usually based in fear. And what we need to do to overcome our defining, being quick to judge, uh, or putting too much stock into our assumption, what we can do about that is test our assumptions rather than assume that we're correct or assume how we understand how other people see the world because we only see the world through our eyes. Yeah. The third is rationalizing the negative. This one really gets under my skin. This is when we shield ourselves from taking chances to say the hard thing or listen, maybe do the hard thing. It's not always about speaking, but when we're rationalizing the negative, we might miss a chance to apologize 
or negotiate for ourselves or others. We can always lift others up uh, with our communication. We might have a hard time saying I love you or asking for help. And so we need to start putting a little more faith in positive outcome. And of course, the book goes into some specific uh, true, you know, real life stories, the things that folks can do to overcome a pessimistic mindset. Mm. I believe it takes courage to be an optimist. Yes. I am not, I'm not advocating that we proceed through life like everything is sunshine and roses and perfect. Obviously not. But it does take some inner courage to try to imagine a positive outcome when, when our self-talk is saying things like, he doesn't care. She's not going to listen. They're not going to change. There's no point. I can't affect anything here. So why would I try? And that's the hill I'm willing to die on. Yeah. Like I, that's BS. Many times, if we give it our best effort, we might set something in motion that creates a change down the road that we might not even live to see, or we might not see it directly. But I do, do believe, and I have seen it thousands and thousands of times that it, it can work. Yes. So let go of the negative assumption. Yes. Or the, I'm just going to make a comment on that. Very, but one of the themes in my second book was this idea. You know, we they they caught us on the submarine. Is we when there was a when there was a fire, we ran towards the fire, not away from it. So in in you know in an office building, you run away from it, right? And you call the professionals. Well, there were no professionals. We were the professionals. We were trained as firefighters. And what I saw when I came to corporate is 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 that when there was a problem or something to be confronted, everybody sort of moved away from it, not towards it's blame or blame. Yeah, exactly. So so part of that, you know, is that rationalization is like, oh, well, you know, that's the way that person is. I'm not going to talk to him. And so you have this burning ember that's out there inside the organization. You don't confront the issue because you're out of out of rationalization. I can see that. And I see that time and time again in corporate where people didn't address an issue because they rationalized it away. And sometimes people have been hurt or burned in the past yeah. when they tried. And so they fall prey to a pessimistic mindset, assuming that's how the world is. And you, as you know, you really can find whatever you look for in relationships, in communication, and in the world. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And the fourth the fourth uh, issue is what? Yep. That fourth hidden challenge is settling for good enough. Mm, yeah. You know, this is what I have to do to get by. Mm. And I'm not suggesting that we have to always be striving. Right. But I think that out of a couple thousand decisions we make from waking to sleeping in a given day, we should maybe pick a few things that we want to give voice to or want to listen to more fully or spend a little more time on that email or tech or phone conversation. Perhaps take some time to offer sincere praise. Those, the ripple effects, I believe, create a better world for all and our legacy. So that fourth hidden challenge is settling for good enough and I am I'm writing and speaking to people through the book to try to illustrate that there are more rewarding outcomes when we choose a few areas to stretch within. Mm, I love that. I really, yeah, I love that. And, you know, coming from a military background, we always would say, like, close enough for government work. You know, that was the sort of the expression, you know. And we were dealing with nuclear weapons and nuclear reactors, so close enough wasn't wasn't good enough <laughs> when it came to what we were doing. So, so um, I love that idea of 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 not settling for good enough, especially when we're having these high quality one on one uh, conversations with our employees. You know, it's it's you know put away the distractions, focus, listen, communicate very clearly. Those are really important things. And when you're a boss that does that, 
you get a lot more respect and you get a lot more, um, I don't know, just, uh, you know, uh, you have employees that definitely want to be part of your organization when they see that you care. And, and you do that when you, when you put excellence into your communication with employees, for sure. As you just said, and I know your podcast mission is to build a world with better bosses. I wish that more bosses would ask their employees, uh, hey, you know, I've been studying communication or I read this book or I'm listening to this podcast and here's the challenge that I received from it. So I'm offering this as an assignment to your followers now and my readers. And that would be go ask a few people, hey, what do you think I do well as a communicator? And what's something that you notice I could sometimes do differently or better. Now I'm putting qualifying words in there to make it a little bit easier on the boss of the ego and also on the employee or coworker who's going to respond. And you can ask your boss, you can ask your significant other, you could ask anyone this. We call it the feedback challenge. And regularly as an executive coach, I ask leaders to ask, go ask 12 people in your organization to share one thing they like about your communication style and one thing they think you could do differently or better. And then I instruct the client to say, thank you, I'll think about this, regardless of what they receive. Yes. Get away from, you know, I just get away from the person as soon as possible and think, really do, think about what they've said and look for something that's true within it. And you might find something useful, you might not, but the employee or coworker will never forget that you asked. Yeah. Because it's so rarely done. It's exactly it. You stand out from the pack as a leader when you do these things because it's, you're right, it's so rarely done. Absolutely. It might be done in a fancy 360 performance assessment where everything is yeah. made anonymous and detail is scrubbed in many ways. I'm a fan of the, I look at you or I call you or email you and say, hey, John, I've got a challenge, uh, an assignment, and I, you're, you're welcome to respond. You don't have to, but sometime this week, could you get back to me with What's yeah. something you like about my communication and something you think I could do better? And what valuable information I have there? Because if you say, um, I love working with you, I, I do wish that you could get back to me sooner with email responses. I'll know that now about you and I can prioritize that if I want to improve our communication. Yep. Anyway, come on, bosses. Use your <laughs> positional power. Use your positional power to invite others to respond to you. And if you can't get any responses to that, there is a problem. Then you are you're perhaps not approachable. It's probably not that you're perfect. Yeah. It's pro it could be that you don't you're not seen as approachable and the book goes into of course and then what? We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Leadership skills are like any other skills. You need to practice them to get better at them. Best-selling leadership author John S. Rennie knows this. That's why he's written a new book called You Have the Watch. It's a guided journal for leaders designed to take you through an entire year of leadership training. By the end of the year, you will master 50 of the most important leadership skills. If you want to have a greater impact on the results and people in your organization, go to youhavethewatch.com and pick up your copy today. This episode is brought to you by Jeremy Clevenger Fitness. As a high-performing leader, you know that leadership isn't about telling people what to do. It's about leading by example. And for most people, the one area that they're lacking when it comes to leading by example is their health and fitness. By improving your health and fitness, every other area of your life improves. But how do you get and stay fit as a busy leader? Well, you do what you've always done. You hire the best person for the job. Don't struggle on your own. Put Jeremy Clevenger on your team. Jeremy will work with you to take your physique, mindset, 
nutritional habits, and more to the next level with his step-by-step all-inclusive coaching program. Now, I've worked with Jeremy for the past year, and I'm in the best shape of my life. If you want to step up your game, reach out to Jeremy at apexperformancesystems.com to find out more and get your initial consultation scheduled with him today. This episode is brought to you by the Sasquatch Flag Company. The Sasquatch Flag Company is a family-owned business in New England that builds hand-carved American flags from seasoned white pine. Each flag is hand-built and each star on the flag is hand-hammered and chiseled. No two flags are alike. They offer a variety of flag designs to honor the police, military, firefighters, dispatchers, and search and rescue personnel, to name a few. These stunning handmade flags look great in an office, a studio, the back porch, or above the fireplace mantle. They make the perfect gift for the veteran, first responder, or patriot in your life. Now, I love these flags, and I've been giving them as gifts for years, and I was a customer long before they became a sponsor of the show. I can't recommend them enough, so if you're looking for that perfect, uniquely American make gift to give away or if you want to treat yourself go to sasquatchflags.com and get your order in today oh this is great great feedback great challenge leaders are listening in right that's a great challenge do that find out a couple of things that you can get better at with with the communication for sure great great challenge so uh, i would say i'd say that most of us go ask our favorite people Yes, yes. We're willing to accept feedback from people who we have an easy time communicating with. So I further challenge our listeners and participants to ask a few people from their out group and like calling. Those are the folks who get less eye contact, less information sharing, less praise and less coaching and less trust from you because it either went sideways somewhere, that relationship's a little sideways or you don't see them as often or they're two levels away, reach out. And that way you expand your in-group just by inviting feedback. Yeah. Wow. Fantastic. I love that. Great advice for sure. So um, one of the things you talked about was hiding from risk. So how can someone recognize that they are hiding from risk, uh, which is that it's the first of the hidden challenges. So uh, how can they recognize that they're doing it? What are some characteristics that they, they that would be like that someone could say, oh, I guess I must be hiding at <laughs> this point. Yeah, good question. I kind of want to grab the book now and, and kind of rifle through that chapter, but I'll just summarize at a 30,000 yeah. foot view. You know you're hiding from risk when you feel regret. Ooh, yeah. The person leading the organization with no forwarding address before you get to tell them that you appreciated the mentorship or the person leaves the planet and reaches the end of their lifetime and you didn't have the important conversation. Or you put your head on the pillow at night and think, I should have stuck up for that person. That was clearly ageism, racism, sexism, whatever that was happening in that meeting. And I stayed silent. So when you start to feel like, uh, you know, that was a missed opportunity, then it's time for you to summon your courage. And yes, you require skill to pull off effective, courageous communication. You might have to do a little study which is why I wrote the book, because it's fun to interact with 30 people in a half-day training or one person for a three or four-month monthly coaching program. But I feel that more of us could benefit from the message that courage, it is intangible, but it is something each of us has to summon and kind of bring forth from our gut and our heart for ourselves. No one else can do that for us, but we can find guide to encourage us. One guide being your own inner voice that tells you you should have listened a little longer or you should have said something there. Yeah. But tomorrow's a new day. 
You can yeah. also go back and say, hey, I'd like to revisit something you said in the meeting yesterday. And I'm sure you didn't mean it this way, but I think the team might have heard it the same way I did. So can we get that clarified? You can go back and say, as I often do, when I'm in argument with my with a loved one, it, I, I've been informed that it usually takes me a day to apologize because I was bragging recently that I've learned to apologize more capably and readily. And then family members said, well, yeah, but it always takes you about 24 hours. <laughs> and I was like, well, yeah, but it was not happening before because I viewed it as losing if I had to apologize. And as a competitive person, I'm now learning that, you know, it's the strong people who say, I goofed up. My mistake. I'm sorry I spoke to you that yeah. way. Sorry I said that. But you can do that tomorrow also. So while oh. we're here, though, at some point, the tomorrows are not available. Right. So have that conversation. I know for, you know, for me, when I've taken that risk and had a courageous conversation, it always ends up being not as scary as I thought. And, and, and actually it, it, it breaks through something that is like this, there's this unwritten, there's an unsaid thing that happens. And when you sort of break through and you, you have a breakthrough with the relationship, when you have those discussions, it's like, they know where you stand. They know the way you feel. And I think those are important conversations to have. And sometimes we put them off because we don't want to have it or we're scared or we don't know how they're going to react. But in most cases, it doesn't, your, your, your fear is much larger than what actually happens when you have that conversation. Actually, it turns out that most of those conversations, in my experience, have been good at the end of the day. Important to have. For you. Yeah. And the worst, I think the worst part about uh, challenging conversation is the first 30 seconds. Yes. And you've opened the door and then you're in. And I like to use a preamble. I like to state my intention or I might share, hey, John, this is kind of hard for me to bring up to you. Yeah. Right? And that kind of opens, that lowers the wall and opens your mind. Or, hey, I have a goal that as a communicator, I'm trying to be a little more courageous this year. And there's something I've been wanting to talk to you about and I've sat on it for a while. Do you have a half an hour or be sometime this week? And maybe give them what it's related to. Yeah, It's yeah. related to my professional development. It's related to your behavior in meetings. It's related to something that you've said or done or something I'm OB for or something I don't understand. But you can give them a little context, ask them for some time and say, kind of hard for me to bring it up, but I want to because our relationship matters. Yeah. Now their ears are going to be open. Yeah. How many, time, how many times do we hear where employees... We have to let go an employee or we go through some progressive discipline and they say, well, I didn't know. Nobody ever told me that I was, you know, rude or disrespectful or all the things that that people get, you know, in trouble for. And it's because no one had the conversation. So they say, I didn't know. And it's like, well, some people don't have that self-awareness. So they're not, they're not seeing the reactions of faces in the room when they say certain things. So, yeah, you have to have those conversations. Don't assume that they already know that they're a problem or that they're creating a problem in the team. So yeah, you have to have those well, discussions. Supervisor, you have a special duty and honor. Yes. When you stepped over the line from employee to supervisor, you decided you were going to coach human. Period. End of story. Yes. And you cannot just lead, as you know, you can't lead technically without trying to lead interpersonally to your best ability as well. If you have to take someone aside for a challenging conversation, you can say, you know, hey, hey, Joe, hey, Jane, I know you're, I know you mean well, but I need to talk to you about this. And I would want you to share with me. And yep. you could even end the conversation with, do share with me. Now that we've talked about what I'd like to see you do differently, is there anything you'd like me to do differently? You can still retain your positional power while sharing feedback. 
there's so many good there's so many good ways to go about it. And I always think, even if I tell them or share my perspective with them and they heard a deaf ear, at least they've got that data point. And sometimes with me to grow as a human and communicator, I've had to hear the same criticism eight or nine times throughout multiple scenarios and years in my life before I finally believed that everyone wasn't making it up or before my ears opened. Right. So you could right. be, look at yourself, supervisors and leaders, look at yourself as part of the effort instead of part of the problem by not saying anything. Yes. Yeah. Fantastic. Very good. Very good. And then call John or myself if you want to talk yeah. through a scenario because it's helpful, you know, when we actually know the scenario that is keeping someone from speaking about an important issue, the background is always helpful to have. And I think you and I are happy to get those phone calls. Absolutely. And I like, and like I was saying earlier with the fire, it's, 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 if you don't address some of these issues that the, the, the fire can get bigger and it can affect, it can really affect your organization. If you have a toxic, toxic employee, for example, and you don't address the issue, that's a fire that's in your, that's in your team that can really bring everybody down. And so I think those difficult conversations are really, really important. They're the smolder, they're the fire that can grow into something much bigger if we don't address it. So good, good, uh, excellent feedback and excellent um, um, just a tips for the leaders that are listening in as far as having those uh, difficult conversations. So I want to switch gears a little bit. Um, public speaking, um, yeah, this is like the, the biggest fear that people have. I, a lot of, it's one of the biggest fears and it's interesting that, uh, that, that they have it. So many people are afraid to get in front of an audience and speak. And so you you coach leaders, you coach people that are that are going to have to do this public speaking. How do you advise them to begin a journey to be, you know have a more enjoyable public speaking experience? How do we get them away from that fear of getting up in front of everybody and afraid to look foolish? So well, I would say it's a beautiful natural high. This is one of the healthiest times that you can find. Um, for some, it might be as exciting as riding a roller coaster. You know, for another, it might be like getting a small gift, but there's definitely a dopamine hit yes. that comes from connecting with an audience, whether it's five people in the Monday morning meeting or 500 in an auditorium somewhere or at a wedding. Um, so it's worth doing. And only you have your unique voice and perspective on life. And it does not matter what you look like. At least it should not matter to you other than being professional and prepared. So I, I like to think of um, I like to think of myself and any public speaker, anyone who's finding their voice and speaking in front of other humans whose eyes are looking at them, which is what makes us nervous, as equally valuable. So nobody else that you're speaking to is more valuable than you as a human being. And you are not more valuable than them. So you're not going to go in speaking down to anyone and you're not going in speaking up to them. You're, you know, you might have some differences in power, right? And some differences in um, ability, but you're equally important as they are. And another thing to remember is most of your audience is rooting for you to succeed. The, the lion's share wants you to be comfortable, engaged, and enjoying your time as a speaker. And they feel that then. They also feel relaxed, engaged, and good. Uh, a pet peeve of mine, and I try to avoid it myself, is people who get up and confess. Like, well, I'm not a public speaker and I don't want to be doing this. Okay, don't tell us that. Tell, <laughs> yeah. tell a friend that. <laughs> uh, and then, then keep that to yourself because what you project and what you speak, we can feel. So 
do your audience a favor and allow yourself to prepare well. And I, I offer some methods for doing that in the book. And then enjoy your time to share your unique perspective, remembering you're equally valuable as a human being with every right to be there. I really like that. And and as someone who speaks a lot, I would say this, it is a high. It is a, I, I come out of, I come out of every speech just like pumped up, you know, like so excited. I did a talk at uh, NC State to, to graduate students and it was just one of the ones that was just magic. The students were deeply into the subject I was talking about and asking a lot of questions and, and, you know, I had them lined up in the hallway wanting to talk to me after. And I'm like, this was cool. Like, and I was told the professor. Congratulations. Yeah. I told the professor, please bring me back again. I love this. This is so, this is so rewarding to have that direct interaction and feedback. You know, I think I I love it. I did. So it's definitely a high for, for sure. That's the pick you have on your website. Uh, yeah, there's a, there's a few, but, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I I I, th- I kind of see the joy on your face that this is the picture that I'm thinking about. Yeah, yeah. Well, I like people anyway, so I'm generally I I get a I get I I, I enjoy being in teams and and doing doing fun things with teams. So it, that that does bring me energy. But uh, that that just that being, you know, you prepare, you get up there, you deliver, and then just seeing the you know the positive response and 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 you know and that feedback is really it really is a is it it is a high. It's definitely a uh, a dopamine hit for sure. Yeah. And when it doesn't go as well, you still became better as a presenter that day. And you can think oh, yeah. about what you did well and what you would change. And I've done thousands of presentation. We teach 12 or 13 different topics at my Midwest-based company, Gladio Consulting. And I've never done a presentation in the last 25 years where I didn't fly or drive or walk away thinking, ah, you yes. know, this is what I could have done better. So I don't beat myself up anymore. I just know there's always going to be something I can do better. And I try to bring it in the next time I speak. As I say in the book, hey, public speakers, hey, when it's your turn to talk, you are the least important part of the equation. You are a, you are a vessel in service to your message and to your audience. Yeah. So it's going to use your mind, heart, body, soul, gestures, everything to help get the message to the audience effectively and then allow them, especially if they're adult learners or adult participants, well, I think everybody. I don't work with kids that often, but I imagine kids feel the same way. We want to be engaged. We want a chance to speak as well. And then, of course, their classroom management or meeting room management comes into play. And you want to get feedback after you present. So let's be brave. And after the Monday morning meeting, bosses, hey, leaders, Grab a few people and say, can you hang out for a few minutes? I just want to get some feedback, what worked here and what's not working for you when I present and see what they have to say. Yeah, that's great. I like that. Great feedback. Um, so just in general, what, you know, is, is there's so much, so much in the book, we're not going to get to it all, but um, what do you hope that leaders uh, and readers who go through this book, what do you hope that they will gain uh, as, as they walk through this book and they learn the lessons in the book? I hope they will gain motivation to engage in some new mindset or new behaviors. Even though there's no guarantee about what the result will be, I want them to be um, journeymen and women that are out on an expedition and they are accepting adventure as it comes to them and they are communicating aligned with their purpose and willing to go, oh, I messed that up or I said that wrong or my timing was off or I couldn't listen better but they're in the game as long as they're breathing until their last breath. I have high expectation until our last 
breath, we're thinking, what's the best way for me to send or receive this message if it's an important message to you? That's where you bring your courage up. I love it. I'd like them to join me in the spirit of you never graduate from communication, but every day we could be a little better and life goes smoother. Life is life is more enjoyable when we focus on communicating effectively. Uh, I agree. I agree 100%. So what are you working on these days? Uh, right now I'm writing a, a inclusion and communication matters seminar for our local government. Oh, wow. And that will be about leveraging diversity in all its forms. So challenging topic to teach. And that will be a three-hour session. And we have another session about EQ, emotional intelligence for a group of engineers that we're writing. Oh, interesting. <laughs> I'm starting to do a couple of keynotes about the book. So I'm kind of created a bifold handout with them. We have awesome designers at Gladio Consulting. So we're working on um, kind of creating something that participants can walk away with and it has highlights from the 10 chapters and i like old school like i like to give people in person if possible something they can write a few notes on and hold on to so they can look back at the goals they chose on the day that they came to training and the the next keynote is sunday afternoon in uh near indianapolis in vienna for a group of consultants Fantastic. And I, and I would I'm say... I'm a little nervous too, based on what you said, you know, the pandemic happening and where we've yeah. been doing a lot of teams and Zoom and yeah. I'm a little nervous too. I hope I still have my mojo when I'm in the room with the actual people. Yeah. Yeah. Why well, you will. It all comes like ride the bike. It could all come back. I hope so. I'm sure the first 30 seconds will be the hardest and then the, the, nervous, the nerves will probably settle. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. That's exactly it. Yeah. You're, you're, it's like, it's like a... Like the the whatever the five year old on a bike, they're they're a little unsteady in the early days. I remember that <laughs> for sure. But uh, so this is this is fantastic. So how can our listeners find out more about you, uh, your company, and this new book? You know, we work hard to put out um, relevant personal development, professional development posts on Instagram at Gladio Consulting. So we'd be honored to pick up some followers there. We're on Facebook. And on our website at gladioconsulting.com, we have just stocked it with all, all kinds of e-billable, downloadable, short exercises. We have a small research team. That's super fun because I can say like, I wish I was more patient. Can you please go research as many journal articles as you can find about building patient and then summarize it? We never go past two pages on those because we know everybody's busy. There's some about breaking up with worry, impression management. So it's just coach of corners, real life Q&A. And finally, I would mention if they do visit our website, gladioconsulting.com, they'll see an opportunity to sign up for our quarterly e-newsletter. And I have a lot of fun writing that. It's called Breakdown, named after Tom, one of my favorite Tom Petty songs. Um, I'm a big rock and roll fan. So there's always a music video that's within this newsletter. It's meant to inspire and uplift people, give them a little break in the day. So those are some ways and all the contact information is at the website. Fantastic. And and I would say this, I've been on the website. It's, it is just chock full of information and it's well-organized. It's probably one of the best websites I've seen for leadership consulting you know, that, I've, that I've been on. So lots Ooh, of- I'm going to make sure the team hears that you said that. Thank you, yeah. Con. That means a lot. It's great yeah, how like, much time it takes to create something like that, right? Well, it's, it's easy to navigate. There, there's lots of uh, ways to, to learn on that website. So leaders, you know, if you're looking for a resource, that's going to be a good one. And we'll put the link in the show notes for the website, Instagram, Facebook, 
And then uh, again, encourage you to sign up for that e-newsletter e because you're going to be getting good content that you can apply right away as a leader. And again, the book is, I'm going to put it up to the screen, those on YouTube, it's uh, Communicate with Courage. And it's got the blue cover with the sailboat and the, and the rough seas. Uh, and I, I love, I love the book. I love what you're doing with the book. And I really appreciate Michelle, you coming on the show and giving us a lot of things to think about when it comes to courage. I appreciate you coming on the show and sharing all this. Hey, me too. And I'm just going to keep working right along with you. I just want to be a better human. <laughs> I want to be a happy human and I want, I want smooth communication whenever I can get it. So I'm going to keep working those, working those angles that we've talked about today also. Fantastic. And I will too. It's like, it's a never ending journey. I, I feel like I've been doing it for three decades and there's so much still to learn. And there's so many, so many ways to get better. And if we as leaders are not continuously improving, uh, we're, we're, we're becoming dinosaurs. So we got to keep getting better in our leadership journey every day. And um, right now, especially people depend on us. And so we've got to be able to be good leaders and we need to be strong leaders and we need to be good communicators. And I think what you've given us is a lot of things to think about to become that good leader or good communicator, excuse me. Yeah. It's been my honor. All right. Thanks again. You got it. Well, that's it for today. Thank you for listening to Deep Leadership. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and share so we can continue to build a world with better bosses. Until next time, this is John Rennie saying, take care and lead well. Thank you for listening to Deep Leadership. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for all you do. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. For more information and updates, please visit our website at www.deepleadershippodcast.com or johnsrenny.com. Until next time, take care. Welcome to Transforming 45, the podcast that celebrates the incredible power of passionate voices. I'm your host, Lisa Boat. Join me in conversation with heart-led humans who share their deeply personal stories of transformation. Transforming 45 is here to uplift, connect, and remind you that it's never too late to write your next chapter. So get ready to be inspired, empowered, and transformed. Join me in this community where through powerful storytelling, we heal and reclaim our inherent magic. Hi, I'm Lessa Cadet, host of her Extraordinary Life by Design podcast, where we celebrate women who are shaping their lives one extraordinary day at a time. I speak with women from all over the world about what they do and how they are passionately pursuing their dreams and creating meaningful impacts on their communities. So come join us and learn about all there is to learn about these extraordinary women.